Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Chad and Zay. Oh, yeah, this will get you moving for hour number three. On a Wednesday, we are three days away, speaking of, from the Texas spring game. More of that conversation coming right up. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier, and he picked this beat, especially for you and me. What up, Zay? What is it? We the best! DJ Callen! <laughs> Assad! We the best music! DJ Callen, we taking over. Uh, I want to say Wayne, Lil Wayne was on this. Okay. Rick Ross, T-Pain. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out, but yeah, good song. Give me your quick feelings on DJ Khaled. Uh, he's cool. He's made hits and stuff. Okay. He's just, I feel know. like there's a little disdain in your voice nah, as you're talking about just, him. He likes to be out there. Okay. He likes to be out there. He's a producer, you know, just he's out there way more than other producers. Who is more interested in being out there over the years, DJ Khaled or P. Diddy? Who's more interested in being seen? You know what? Diddy's kind of laid low okay. in his later years. So the answer would be Khaled. Now, right if now. you're talking about in their hey, In their hey, Diddy. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Just checking. All right. So the DJ Khaled beat gets us started this hour. Let's talk more about the Texas spring game. Three days away. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We do it every Wednesday about this time. He is Chip Brown of Horns247.com. Check out all their great stuff as we get ready for the game. Check out the flagship podcast. Check out the Morning Brew article every day. And at 8 o'clock tonight, you can check out the Longhorn Blitz podcast, which is a part of the Horns247.com family with Jeff and Rod and Matt as well. Chip, always good to talk to you, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. How you fellas doing? We are doing well. So how many, uh, I'm sure this is something you count up every day, how many spring games this is for you, but uh, I'm assuming, what, what, how, where, where are we at? What kind of neighborhood, if you walk into the spring game on Saturday, what's that for you? It's like 15 of them, 20 of them, how many? Uh, 30. Oh my Damn. God. <laughs> we, yeah, man. Are we all that old? Come on, Chip. Got, got here in 92. Oh my God, that is crazy. Uh, so after all these years, how much do you feel like you really learn from a spring game as you go in? Uh, as you go into it, as many as many as you've seen now, um, how much do you end up taking out of these games? You know what? It's a lot of it is you're you're kind of confirming what you what you're hearing and what your um you know what the depth chart may be pointing to uh, because. You're not going to see any, you know, real kind of game plan or anything like that. But you want to see the quarterback complete passes, whoever the quarterback is. You want to see receivers catch the football, and and you want to see if if the offensive line can open up some holes for the running game. And 
you know, every once in a while you'll see a flash, you'll see a, a playmaker maybe on defense come up with a with a big hit or an interception, and you kind of make a mental note. I think we saw some of that from Mo Blackwell last year. And you're like, okay, let me keep an eye on him. Let's see, let's see how he develops. And, and so you can pick up little things. You really, you really just don't want to look bad in this game. Mm. You know, you just, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to go out there and struggle to complete passes. You can't run the football. Um, that's a great day for the defense, obviously, but um, the offense is the, the side of the ball for Texas that needs to pick it up. So you want to you want to see that, you know, Chip. I don't think we talk about the special teams enough. You know, this kicking game, Burt Auburn. He was solid last year, twenty one for twenty six, and even though one huge miss sticks out, and that's in that Alabama game, he was solid coming into the twenty twenty three season. As we're going to take a, another step up for Burt Auburn to where maybe you know the accuracy is a little bit better, even though twenty one for twenty six is pretty damn good, but just more confidence in Burt Auburn. To to where the horns are at a different distance, they could throw him out there and he could go knock it down. Yeah, I mean, Bert Auburn hit some, you know, some big field goals that that kind of went under the radar. The the kick at Texas Tech to force overtime, where you know they complete three passes and get him um, to where it's still a forty-plus yarder. And you know, Lubbock, if there's always wind, he makes it, but obviously they lose in overtime and you know, he, I think he's, he was a pleasant surprise last year because it was, you know, you lose Cameron Dicker, you bring in Will Stone, Will Stone, um, big leg, good for kickoffs, but not, not as accurate as, as Bert Auburn. And so um, let's see him, you know, maybe take the next step. But like you said, 21 to 26, it's not terrible. And, and he hit some big field goals. Um, you know, you, obviously there are uh, you know, a couple of misses in there, but he hit some big field goals that were not gimmies. And so, you know, I think that uh, I think the coaching staff feels good about it. And the punter is not on campus yet. I asked Steve Sarkeesian about Ryan Sanborn. Hmm. You know, any concern that, you know, your punter's not on campus yet. He's he's like, No, I've seen I've seen my punter. He, the last four years at Stanford, he's fine. <laughs> so um he you know, he comes in with a forty one point seven yard average and, and Daniel Trejo was a was a another pleasant surprise last year. Give it to um, you know, to Jeff Banks because he does a really good job of finding that special teams talent, molding it. Um, you know, all those, you know, punt units, kick units, the coverage units, he really, man, he coaches those guys hard and they buy in and it, it's made a difference. Texas special teams has been a strength. Now, for staying with the special teams, you know, for returning kicks and punts last year for kickoff, you know, we saw Keelan Robinson and for punts, Xavier Worthy. Do you see anybody else, you know, maybe getting in the mix of that? I think Jonte Cook would be a terrific guy to maybe look at for receiving punts or even kickoff returns. Have you seen anybody or any talks within the scrimmages about who might be returning kicks and punts this year? 
Yeah, there's a lot of dudes that are are in the mix on the kickoff return. Uh, remember last year you had you had Roshan and and Keelan. Um, I think Keelan will continue to be a factor, but you know I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot of speed on this team, and Jonte Cook, DeAndre Moore are certainly two guys you have to keep an eye on, and um, you know that's a, that's one of those little check marks on on your list for the spring game uh who's getting reps where and that that will be uh telling for you know for fans to see who else other than worthy and keelan robinson um you know could be a factor there yeah and not in a spring game but make sure you still keep sending keelan robinson after punts as well i would keep doing that make sure you're sending him after some punts because i think i don't think he's playing I think he's one of the ones that's sitting out. Right. No, no, I'm saying for the season. For our season though, Once yeah, we get to the season, you. keep sending him after punts <laughs> yeah, when the other sure. team punts. For I sure. think that's still a good idea. We're talking with Chip Brown. Uh, Chip, obviously, fans love to see um, you know love to see those young guys. They've you know they every year you're hearing about what the freshman class is and what it could bring. Um, the receivers are I know easy to talk about, but do you think people will walk out of this game talking about C.J. Baxter? What do you think he's going to bring uh, to Texas this year? Yeah, I think C.J. Baxter, definitely a guy who uh, fans are going to be looking for. Number four at the running back position, Jordan Whittington, nice enough to give up his uh, number, his jersey number, to Cedric Baxter Jr., whose nickname is C4. Um, Oh, that's good. That's dope. Oh, I hadn't heard that. That's fantastic. Well done. Yeah. 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 So I don't know if it was just as simple as, hey, man, I love this number, <laughs> or if there was, you know, maybe a little uh, something-something exchanged, but uh, Jordan Whittington said the, the number was really meaningful to CJ, so he, he let him go with, uh, let him take his number four, and, and of course, Jordan Whittington is now number 13. He was number three in high school at Quero, but he said, yeah, I'm not getting that number here, so uh, he, went, <laughs> he went with 13. You mean the guy with number what he wore in the All American Bowl? The guy with number three on offense didn't want to give that number up. I can't imagine. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you, you know, Chip. I think we don't really talk about this offensive line because with all guys returning and how solid they were last year. I mean, we know in the Alamo Bowl game they weren't as good as they were during the course of the year, but we don't talk about them enough just because we expect them to be good again and. Without Bijan Robinson, without Roshan Johnson, you're going to need those guys to take another big step up because we still don't know what the running back room is going to look like when it gets to the field. Is it good that we're not hearing much about those guys? Like just that saying, the good good news is no news. Well, the the best, you know, the silver lining part of this spring with. With guys like Cole Hudson out and Connor Robertson out, and now you know DJ Campbell's got uh, what looks like a wrist injury that that will keep him out of the Orange White game, and that was disappointing because he's a guy you want to see, um, and a guy you wanted to take advantage of the reps with Cole Hudson recovering for shoulder surgery. DJ Campbell, you know, the top interior lineman in the nation in the 2022 recruiting class. Um, and now, instead, you're going to see big Cam Williams um, at right guard. 
because Christian Jones is back at right tackle. Um, and so, you know, you want to see that kind of progress from a guy like Cam Williams, number 56, because the depth on the offensive line is where Texas needs to take that next step. Because what I've heard throughout the spring is, well, yours is looking really good behind that first team offensive line. Malik Murphy and Arch Manning are getting a lot of pressure, you know, playing behind the second and third team offensive line. I think there's promise. I mean, I, I'm hearing good things, um, you know, about Andre Kojo and Peyton Kirkland. These are the true freshman early enrollee offensive linemen I'm, I'm talking about here and Jaden Chapman. Um, but you, you know, you also got guys like, you know, NATO, you Missoulou, um, who's, you know, pushing and, and Cam Williams and, and DJ Campbell. And so, um, you know, what goes hand in hand with that offensive line is Steve Sarkeesian's belief in the running game. And, you know, I think, I think this offensive line would have been okay uh, trying to impose its will in the running game in the Alamo Bowl, but that's not where Steve Sarkeesian went with it. He wanted a, a more pass-heavy uh, game plan, and, and that's where I, I think it is going to be really interesting. By the time we get to the season, where is Steve Sarkeesian's confidence level in his running game? Because we know there were games last year even that it took him a minute to get to the running game to close out, you know, the K-State game, the Baylor game. Um, could have closed out the Oklahoma State game with that, with that running game. The Kansas game was all running. And, you know, does he have the confidence um, in his running back room to kind of play it that way um, and, and not, you know, make some kind of philosophical change where you're throwing to set up the run? Uh, and Chip mentioned uh, Cameron Williams wearing that number 56. If you're into those big humans like uh, Coach Sark talks about, he's listed at 6'5", 360, and just the team picture is imposing. That dude looks like somebody that could move you if he wants to. Interested to see what those offensive linemen uh, are going to look like. Chip, one more from me. And that- he's, he's, down, he's down from 374. Oh, my God. Is that right? Wow. Oh, yes. Nice. Uh, it it's, uh, looks like a monster. Certainly Texas fans hope he's a monster. Um, before, uh, before I let you go, last one from me in terms of the quarterbacks. For you, um, what do you think we're going to see in terms of how Coach Sark would like to show off uh, Ewers, Murphy, and Arch Manning? I'm assuming you think we'll see all three. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I, I think – you know, what you're looking for is growth in, in Malik Murphy and Arch Manning because I don't think there's any doubt Quinn Ewers is the starter this season. Um, it's his job. It's his job to lose. But the growth, and I don't, I don't know how much we're going to see on Saturday. It may not be until after the summer and, and more time for these guys to now, you know, take what they've learned in the spring and go, you know, really – work on the things that they know they're going to have to uh, manage in this offense if their number's called. Because right now, if you're a Texas fan, you're, you're like, man, I hope nothing happens to Quinn Ewers this year because, you know, you just don't have experience 
behind him. You don't you don't have Hudson Cart who came in and did a great job uh, when he needed to to take over when Ewers was hurt. So, um, you know, you're definitely watching number six Malik Murphy and number sixteen Arch Manning just to see how comfortable they look. Are they getting the ball out? Are they holding it too long? Um, you know, obviously protection and receivers getting open, you know, plays a role in that. But, you know, people are, are fascinated with who's playing the backup quarterback position. And I think, you know, Quinn Ewers has done everything right in terms of coming in to the offseason with a purpose and intent, not just cutting his hair and trimming his beard, but like changing his body and, you know, he weighs virtually the same as he did a year ago, but he looks different. He's leaner. Um, I'm hearing he's stronger in the weight room. And he just knows that it's time for him to assert himself, and he's doing that. So let's, uh, let's see that in the in the spring game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got rid of that Luca body that he was working with last year. <laughs> oh, we don't, we don't need all that shit. We don't need <laughs> all that, on. baby. Lay off the ding-dongs and the ho-hos. <laughs> but, you know, let me ask you this right. about the basketball team. Losing Arterio Morris, I think that's huge. The guy had so much upside coming out of Dallas Kimball being a five-star McDonald's All-American, and it was tough for him to get minutes behind Serge Barry Rice, Tyrese Hunter, and Marcus Carr. Were you surprised on him entering the transfer portal, especially with Coach Terry, you know, taking over as head coach and, you know, bringing in guys like Frank Hafe and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at Arterio Morris and he really improved throughout the year. I mean, he became a plus defender. He was a guy who could turn defense into offense by himself. Um, We know he can stroke it. Um, And so, yeah, I was surprised. I think the coaching staff definitely tried to talk him out of it and is still trying to talk him out of it. Um, You know, I was told that, look, Texas is going to go into the transfer portal and they're going to recruit every position, everywhere they can add depth because you've got to have, you got to have a guy behind the guy at every position. And, and so, you know, there's no question Texas is going after some shooting guards in the portal. That said, um, you know, Arterio Morris had to, he's got to know that it's his time coming into this season. It's his opportunity, I should say, to take over for a guy like uh, Marcus Carr or Serge Barry Rice. More, more so probably, you know, Serge Barry Rice's role, and that's an awesome role. And so, you know, we'll see if, if it was just some, you know, big fat NIL deal, which, that, that typically doesn't – you don't beat Texas at that game. So, um, you know, we'll see how this one plays out. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a surprise, and, and I think the coaching staff would love it if Arterio would stay. Yep, obviously a chance that can still happen. We'll see how those conversations go. Chip Brown, Horns247.com. Uh, check out everything they've got for you three days out from the spring game, including the flagship podcast, the Morning Brew article that Chip's got for you each and every day. And as we mentioned, 8 o'clock tonight, the Longhorn Blitz podcast with the uh, with Jeff and Rod and Matt. Or you can check that out wherever you get your podcast at Chip Brown 247 uh, in terms of a Twitter follow. Chip, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the spring game we'll get your review next week all right fellas have a good one we'll do it thanks chip chip brown good stuff there as we head into the spring game c4
for C.J. Baxter. That's well done. That's a dope name. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah, I hope Cedric Baxter gives Jordan Winnington some ice creams. I know he's yeah. loving his ice cream and stuff. That's good looking out. And also, to go away from a number and end up at 13, I mean, yeah. right? I mean, come on. Right? Chad, got some breaking news. Breaking news. Yep. All right. Hit me. According to Nick Harris from Rivals, he's a national recruiting analyst on Rivals. Follow him on Twitter at Rivals Nick. Texas freshman wide receiver Brandon Thompson has requested to enter the transfer portal. Mm. Multiple sources tell Rivals and Rivals Portal. Thompson saw action in nine games as a true freshman in Austin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, thought he was running track. I know. I just saw somebody texting us that as well to make sure we saw it. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, the young man, sophomore out of Spearman, Texas, Yo, if you don't remember. And, yeah, there was track involved because this dude is so fast. When I said, when we found out he was running track for sure, like when he was going to track practice, I remember we had Justin Wells on. I asked him, yo, is this going to affect him? With all the talent you got in that wide receiver room, you know, A.D. Right. Mitchell, DeAndre Moore, Jonte Cook, more guys are coming in in the summer. Like, it's thick. Yeah. And you don't have time to really go do this track stuff because you could get replaced easily. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, too. Just did he get lost in the shuffle? Did he just get lost in all of it and doesn't feel like he's got a place now? Man. That's crazy, yeah. Uh, So reports out there that Brennan Thompson is going to be entering the portal. Again, the conversation can happen for him to come out of the portal, but uh, that is a big story Uh, developing. I've said on the uh, uh, Pivot podcast yesterday, if you win that portal, you're done. There ain't no coming back. Really? He literally said that to those guys. Interesting. He He said, if you are in, then you're in. There's no coming back. Oh, so, no Tom Herman plan. No. Because Tom Herman talked dudes back out of the portal. Right. Sarkeesian says if, he you're, also said that, if you're in, you're done. And Sark also said there are prior conversations that lead up to those decisions if you guys go into the portal. It's not like I just say, oh, I'm in the portal, and Sark's like, wait, what? Okay, you can't come back. They're having talks before that happens. But, but once it officially happens, he's saying that's it. Yeah. Okay, that's so, good to know. Yeah, salute yeah. to Brandon Thompson. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. All right, uh, there you go. Uh, Breaking news there. Brennan Thompson into the transfer portal. Longhorn football getting ready for the spring game in three days. Coming up next, Why Today Matters, your favorite and least favorite fan bases on this 412. Tell you why we're talking about that. We already got a great text from somebody who has their favorite and least favorite from the NFL. That's coming up on the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, just about to wrap it up on a Wednesday. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, I'm one segment ahead. My bad. Uh, rolling through a Wednesday. We got a couple more songs to come. Uh, all right, Zay. Why do I? Why does this sound familiar to me? Because it's a Texas legendary song. It's a Texas legendary song. Yeah. Okay. Houston, the beast. Have I heard you sing this song? 
or played Maybe. this song before? I probably played it before. Okay. Um, single rapper or a group? Uh, single rapper, but there are a few people on here. Sing- oh, okay, there's a lot going on. All right, go ahead and tell me. I'm not going to get it. All care. right, it's Lil Troy. Lil Troy, I was not getting that. Young Star. Okay. Fat Pat. Big T. Lil Will. The crew. That's the name? Just nah, the- just all the guys. Oh, oh okay. All right, all right. <laughs> I got you. But Lil Troy is the main. Yeah, Lil Troy is the main. Dude. Got you. Okay. Lil Troy. That's a good one. What's the, what's the title? Want to be a baller. Want to be a baller. Yeah. Lil Troy, Gloria Estefan, Paul Davis, Neil Diamond, and Slaughter all on the show today. Plus that DJ Khaled beat to get the hour started. Yeah, Youngstar says, when I was a kid, Youngstar says on this fourth verse, Gots to get better and the guys to move on. Switch from Motorola to a prime cold phone. I thought that was the coolest verse ever. <laughs> Just like, yo, this dude switching phones on them. Wow. Like, wow, this is big time. <laughs> I was like, why? Maybe it's just because Youngstar's voice is fire. I don't know. Uh-huh. But as a kid, you couldn't tell me nothing. I would always say, to this day, we'll go around my apartment. Got to move on. Got to move on. Switch from other brother to a prime cold phone. <laughs> My wife be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't worry, but you don't know nothing about That's this. That's fantastic. Fantastic. It's all about how old, the certain age age you are when you hear stuff like that, it never leaves. Exactly. The lyrics never leave your head. They don't. And you could hear that song, that you could have heard that song, like, you couldn't have heard it for 10 years and it'll come back. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of it all. Uh, that's why we talk about music so much around here in uh, hopefully reverent tones. Like tomorrow, when we get to Thursday at 2 o'clock. And we'll do the album swap. It's not really a swap this week because neither of us have heard either of these albums. We're working our way through Lil' Kim's Hardcore. Zay realized he'd never listened to an entire Lil' Kim album, so we're going with the first one. And uh, I heard about, I'd never heard about this Jelly Roll guy until the CMT Awards, and I thought, wait, what is going on here? Let's listen to an album and see what's going on here. Zay now knows, and I feel like he's not a big fan. I have not listened to any of the Jelly Roll yet. We'll get into all that tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and I am going to save my feelings on the Little Kim album. But I do feel like I'm more of a music fan now that I've listened to one. There we go. I really do. I feel like more of an adult that I've listened to a Little Kim album. And to answer your question from earlier, I did feel like I needed a shower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I like the dirty. A little bit. No, I like I, that feeling. That's what I wanted. I was expecting it. You know, like I was, I didn't want to go into the Little Kim album and think, okay, I want some good, wholesome clean rap that's not what i was looking for yeah so i got a lot of what i was looking for but we'll get into that tomorrow at two o'clock yeah, and somebody they're right on the specs text line on that we taking the overbeat i said it was t-pain it's akon instead wrong dark skin r&b brother oh okay now akon and t-pain they were in the same record label convict so you could see how i could have mixed that up obviously that. yeah <laughs> that, that's what i was thinking when you said it <laughs> It's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> simple mistake. Obviously. Simple mistake. Just a simple mistake. No big deal. All right. Uh, let's get into why today matters, and we'll talk fan bases today. Here we go. Why today matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialist. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialist. 512-601-0303. 
or sinussnoringent.com. All right, so there are some birthdays today that jumped out uh, to me. Uh, a lot of Hollywood birthdays today. Happy birthday to Ed O'Neill. Al Bundy has a birthday today. One of my favorite running backs of all time. Um, kind of a lesser-known running back for some people, but Lorenzo White is 57 today. Such a badass at Michigan State. Oilers fans remember Low White, uh, and he was, uh, or he has a, a birthday today. So, uh, but the the thing that jumped out to me was that it's 412 today, and somebody decided that it's National 412s Day. Like the number gets celebrated in in terms of mathematical stuff, but also in the world of sports. People celebrate it in terms of fan bases. So obviously me being an Aggie, I respond to the number 12 because of the whole 12th man cultish behavior thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the one people probably know the most of. So I wore my 12th man shirt today. The 100 year anniversary just passed and all that. But you got the Seahawks in the NFL that have adopted the 12 thing. But also, Zay, it's just about, you know, the support of a fan base. In football, you feel like the 12th man sometimes, or if you're a basketball fan, you feel like the 6th man or whatever it is. So I want to know today your favorite and least favorite fan bases. We had a texter throw in their favorite fan base over the years. It's not theirs, not your fan base, but outside of that. Uh, so this is a Cowboys fan that says they really liked hanging with Packers people. They had a Packers an incident years ago where they got to drink beer with the Packers fans, hang out with them. They thought they were really awesome. The fan base they didn't like, the Eagles fans. <laughs> back, in, back in 01, they said they saw them whip the Cowboys in Texas Stadium and saw no less than six fights caused by Eagles fans. Yeah. There I like you to go. fight up there. So for you, you're a Longhorn fan. I think this perspective is interesting when you're a fan of a truly hated brand which you are, Longhorn fans, Notre Dame fans, Cowboys fans are great to talk to about this, Yankees fans, whatever. So for you as a Longhorn fan, give me a fan base that's kind of one of your favorites and then one that you can't stand. Oh, man. It's tough. Is it bad that I like the Eagles fan base just because of how nuts they are? It's not, could, so, it's not so bad for you because you're not technically a Cowboys fan yet. Yeah. If Bijan becomes a Cowboy, you're not allowed to like the Eagles fans anymore. That's fair. You're going to take that away. Yeah, I would say Philly fans. Okay. In general. Over. In general. Just all? Yeah, just all. They get a bad rap. They do get that bad rap, and they deserve it for you know for some levels. Uh, one I will throw in every time I hear a Texas fan tell me about their experience in Columbus in 05, I, I, I like Ohio State fans less and less and less. So I've never had a bad experience with them. I've just heard so many of those bad stories over the years. They're not a fan base that I'm thrilled with. Did they get crazy? Yeah. The horns went up to the shoe. Just a lot of. They're just. I don't know. I just. I hear oh, stories of just unnecessary. You know, rudeness, meanness, racism, all kinds, all levels, oh, all kinds of stuff. That's out there. Um, in terms of favorite fan bases, I don't know what they're like now. I used to I used to really dig the Clemson fan base before Dabo really got it turned. Now they might be a little egotistical, but the Clemson fans I hung out with, A&M hosted Clemson a couple games in some non-con, right. and I really enjoyed hanging out with those folks. Like They really seem to have a pretty good perspective on things. Now they may be totally out of control. Yeah. But back then, I kind of liked them. Interesting. Yeah, they were all right. I Duke fans, they could be a certain way. I would imagine they can be a lot in college basketball. I would imagine Duke, Kentucky, UCLA. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain group of blue bloods there. I bet they're tough to deal with Even from the outside. Kansas fans, like they act like their ish don't stink. 
And right. the fact that they get every call at Fall Gallon Fieldhouse mm-hmm. that goes their way, but they don't see it like that. They could be, you know, they could get a little ugly with them too. Somebody just typed F Raiders fans, and they didn't type F. They Ooh. typed the whole, the whole black hole. Oh my God! This says Packers fans are great. I believe Cowboys fans are delusional. Oh, how dare you! What? What? In what <laughs> evidence would you ever have? Of of course you're right. Of course Cowboy so, fans are delusional. Do you think the Raiders fans, since they moved to Vegas, have toned it down a little bit? Because you know in Oakland. Oh, it was crazy. Al Davis Raiders, them folks were wildin'. Yeah, that story when they beat up the Miami fan in the bathroom and peed on his jacket. <laughs> Do you remember that one? <laughs> no. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Was what? that Oakland or was that? That like, was Oakland. That was was that, that was uh, Oakland. Los Angeles. I think that was Oakland. Okay. Um one of the times they were back in Oakland. Wow. I would I would hope they've calmed down because Vegas is just such a melting pot of a city. I would hope that it's not that intense and it doesn't have – I mean, I'm not saying that they need to have a little bit of that black hole feel, but hopefully they don't go that far. Somebody says, worst fans, Oklahoma and Arkansas, best for them, Nebraska and K-State. Yeah, if we're talking as a Texas fan, then Oklahoma. Got to have. Right? Got to have Oklahoma thrown in. Plus, you're about to go rekindle your relationship with those Arkansas fans. You, you can't be looking forward to that. In terms of the fan stuff? Because I will tell you, I'll join you in that one. If there is one place in the SEC that I do not want to go visit, that's it. Yeah. That's it. My, hey, Chad, your team's going to be in Fayette. Oh, I'm good. You don't even need to finish. You don't even need to finish. I don't even want to go see that one in Jerry World. Because I don't want to risk them winning and I have to walk out and deal with it. Yeah, that game a couple of years ago where the Horns went up there and that's when Hudson Card lost his spot. That was tough. That was a tough watch. Yeah. And I know all Horn fans that made that trip, I know that was a tough trip, too. And that's a special hate they have for you guys. So you know about the Oklahoma thing, obviously, because you want that to come with you. You know about the Aggie thing. That's going to be the old school and in-state, and there's a brotherhood to that one. It's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's different. It's got a little bit of a of a human level right. to it. yeah. That Arkansas thing is different. Because you, like, work with those people. Right. Like, those people are your peers that, you know, graduated in College Station and stuff like that, like you and I. Right. Like, Longhorn fans for the through years, have they've told me the simple difference for them is like, look, Chad, if somebody's busted down on the side of the road, I'd help the Aggie change a tire. Sooner fan, I keep driving. Yeah. An Arkansas fan, they might tell you they try to run him over. Oh, you should have seen me watching Trey Young last night. He'd do a nasty move, and I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you hated to like yeah, it? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, oh, man, what a pass by Trey Young. He'd do a nasty behind-the-back pass, but then i have to say something negative. i like, yeah. yo, that hair is toe up. That's the way I feel about every guy that comes out of Oklahoma football. You're absolutely right. Every one of them, man. Every time, like, a Adrian Peterson or Baker or any of those guys does something amazing. Even I had to embrace one of them. One of my favorite bucks of all time is Gerald McCoy because he's such a good dude. Yeah. He's a great guy. He was a great player. Every time he would do something, this little voice in my head, you know he went to Oak. Shut mm-hmm. up. Shut up. We can't think about that right now. Yeah. we, we got to put that out of our How mind. How was it for um, Roy Williams? Safety. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Fan. I How had to get that? used to that one. That, that was, was interesting. Yeah. That was. It's kind of fun in a way. When you, when they become a member of, of one of my teams in the pros, then it's like, oh, wow, I get to root for an Oklahoma guy now for the very first time. But it does take a little bit. It takes a little bit to get used to. Oh, the Superman 
tackle will never be out of my mind. I wanted <sighs> Cowboys to lose every game. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's got that's fair. Uh, I remember that one. Yeah, it's gonna take. I'll, I'll let you know how many games it takes me as a Bucks fan to get used to that Baker Mayfield thing. <laughs> I do not know if I can get used to that one. That's gonna be tough. All right, that's why today matters to us on April twelfth. So hopefully you have a good four twelve day today. Uh, whatever fan base you are supporting. Coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. If you missed that Longhorn breaking football news, we'll tell you who reportedly is in the transfer portal. Don't move. This is the Horn. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. Chad and Zay. <laughs> All right, just about done on a Wednesday. Do I have any shot here? No. Yeah, just not nothing sounded familiar about any of that. It's good though. Oh, it's very good. Who we got? Going to New Orleans, big timers, Birdman, baby, Manny Fresh, classic, still fly, off the Hood Rich album. Which, Je- I played some Cash Money stuff a couple of weeks ago, and our guy Jeff Howe liked the Tower Horns 24-7. He was like, yo, this is a classic. And I was like, yeah, this might be the best Cash Money album. So, that Cash, Juvenile- Mon- so Cash Money is the is Yeah, it's, it's the, the record group? label. It's a, it's a, it was the record label. The label, okay. And it had Lil Wayne and Juvenile and Big Timers, Manny Fresh, Baby, okay. BG, etc. And... Jeff Howe says this album, Hood Rich, is the best one. So hmm. I'm like, I'm interested. Okay. Everybody has their own opinion, but yeah, I've never heard anyone say Hood Rich is the best Cash Money album. That's I got to go check that out. Interesting. So Cash Money, uh, the Hood Rich album? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. By the big timers. Cash Money, Lil Troy, Gloria Estefan, Paul Davis, Neil Diamond, Slaughter, all on the show today. DJ Khaled with the beat to start this hour. And yes, tomorrow... At the start of the 2 o'clock hour, we will get into maybe the first ever Lil' Kim Jelly Roll discussion. <laughs> Has anyone ever discussed the two of them at the same time? I don't know. But did anybody ever discuss like a Wu-Tang solo album and ACDC at the same time? No, but we've done that. Uh, so this week, we're picking two albums neither of us have ever heard uh, and we'll figure out what we'll do next week. I've got a couple uh, albums in mind for Zay after a discussion this week, and we'll see where we're going then. But uh, we're going to try two albums we have not listened to. So if we both either can't stand them, if we both can't stand the albums or either of the albums tomorrow, then we can't be blamed because we didn't know. Nobody knew. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's not like we're recommending what we think are great albums here. We haven't heard either one of them. All right, so before we get out of here, let's go Stems and Seeds and get you that Longhorn news you might have missed. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Now, when this guy goes into the transfer portal, don't blink, because I bet he gets there fast. Brennan Thompson reportedly headed to the transfer portal, track star, uh, and if you remember him, he had limited games at Texas, one catch for 32 yards is what I'm seeing there. Uh, Zay, overall, what does this tell you as a Texas fan? Good news, bad news? Where, where are you on this? Um, I wouldn't say it's good news. I wouldn't say it's bad news. We know how deep the wide receiver room is. We know guys like DeAndre Moore, A.D. Mitchell, Jonte Cook. You got Isaiah Nayor back in the mix. Jordan Winnington 
Covington came back. Xavier Worthy, normally the number one option. Mm-hmm. All those guys I just named, I expect them to play. So where does that leave somebody like Brendan Thompson? He saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. And this track thing, clearly that ain't work out either. So entering the transfer portal. Yeah. I, you know, best of luck to him. Right. now, you wish him luck. And you know wherever he goes, he's going to be burning. I mean, that right. dude can absolutely run. You hope he finds somewhere maybe if he wants to do both that he can go play football and uh, and play, you know, get on the track and field uh, side of it as well. He can certainly do both. And uh, we would hope he does it very well and finds a place that works for him. But Brennan Thompson into the transfer portal. All right, Zay, let's get you on the record once again. You said you're leaning Pelicans over Oklahoma City, correct? Yeah. And your coin flip on the East game, Chicago-Toronto? Yep. I'm just going to say Chicago. Going to go Chicago? Yeah. Going to go DeRozan? Yeah. Well, you're going Pat Bev there, right? I mean, yeah, you believe. Pat He's the game changer. You believe in his leadership. Exactly. Right. He's yeah. the game changer. He's what makes the Bulls go. So they need him. If he has a big game, which a big game for him might be 6-3-3, three, and three, then they can win it. You know what they call him? Stabilizer. That's what they call him. He just stabilizes the locker room. <laughs> Pat Beverly. All right, we'll check out those games tonight. Losers are out. The winners still have a shot to get the eight seed. Coming up, it's Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge, and then it's our Wednesday night lineup. Wednesday night flex at 7, including some guests that you Westlake and Dripping Spring fans are going to enjoy. 8 o'clock, Longhorn Blitz podcast. 9 o'clock, fight night. And 10 o'clock, sports guys talking wrestling including Stu's interview with Dustin Rhodes talking about the biography of Dusty Rhodes. All that coming up, so just keep it right here. We'll be back tomorrow for a Thursday show, and uh, we'll keep talking spring game and a whole lot more. Stay safe out there. Enjoy this great weather if you're in the greater Austin area. Be safe. See ya.